What We Consume. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me as always is... Hey, it's me, Kevin. Tired Kevin. Teacher Kevin. Instruction. Doing things. It's uh, it's a different me. You, you guys are going to see an edu- well-educated uh, man doing education things i don't know where i'm going with this i've been talking all day i talk for like five hours a day well hopefully it'll change hopefully we do activities and i don't have to say a word half the time but uh yeah i'm a i'm a lecturer now i'm a yeah and once again we are joined by our good friend mike i am here i'm a little tired but i'm here we had a little break i don't know if we tweeted about it or anything but we had a little break no. I don't think we tweeted about it. We did mention it on the last episode. Yeah, so I didn't do it. Hopefully everyone was aware. I should have tweeted or did something, but or it's not called tweeting anymore. It's Xing. It's posting. Should have should have yeah. posted or something. Like, can you imagine fucking up the branding so hard because of some dumb like fixation on <laughs> the letter X? Man, he he must have like watched Wheel of Fortune as a child, and like every time like the word oxen popped up, he was like, "Woo!" You fucking just broke your goddamn. Yeah, that's gonna be. I'm gonna have to adjust that uh, adjust that level real hard. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are also way too into Wheel of Fortune lately, and you gotta gotta tone it's it. It's America's game show, Kevin. Is it America's game show? Yes, yeah, so that's what it tells. It's audience oh i'm more of a who wants to be a millionaire type of guy no you're not what's that what what was the guy's name who hosted for a long time wasn't it regis Philbin? was it uh, r.i.p he he passed away right or am i just saying i'm just saying that he's he still did alive because uh um jared had to change his or he didn't have to but he did he changed his game gamer tag <laughs> okay yeah well, I was going to ask you guys if you were well-rested, but apparently neither of you are. Dude, my in-laws were here, sleeping. I had to sleep on the couch for like two nights in a row. Wait, yeah, two nights in a row. I was destroyed. And I, then I, last night I woke up at like 5.30 because I had to get there early. I had to, I'm exhausted. I stayed up late playing video games and couldn't sleep, so... And then I had to go to work the next day, hoping I didn't have to, but I did. I yeah, should... I, was, I was stayed up too late. I should be fun. Late. It'll take it'll and take me about two weeks to get well adjusted into the routine of it, and then uh, then my body and everything will be like, okay, this is this is your life now. You have to deal with it for at least a year. Well, good luck. All right, so today we're talking about a man named Stockton Rush. Now. I've talked to Mike a little bit about this, but I'm not sure how well he knows him. But Kevin, have you ever heard the name Stockton Rush? Not that I can say. Uh, say if it was in that five-minute video, it... it was not. Okay, then no, no. Okay, well, by the end of this episode, I'm sure you'll like. I'm sure at some point it's gonna click to you what we're talking about, but that's okay. We're we're talking about Stockton Rush. So we've spent a lot of time underwater recently to the point where we're all a little waterlogged. But take your Dramanine and uh, ring out your socks. I've got a couple more in-depth tales to tell. So this week uh, we're talking about Richard Stockton Rush III, a surprisingly obscure figure until very recently. How long did you sit on that line before you had that perfected? Uh, I mean, clearly, I <laughs> not long enough. <laughs> yeah, you should have practiced it a couple of times. You should have practiced it with Berg. Honestly, I forgot I wrote it. <clears throat> <laughs> I I also forgot that I put that pun in there. The in depth tales. Oh, uh, so until this year, Stockton Rush didn't even have a Wikipedia, which is pretty interesting compared, like specifically considering how wealthy and connected he was bear with me well i i was able to finally track down some information and he does now have a wikipedia page which i don't really like using wikipedia but it is like a good just like who's this person oh okay like let's go look for the actual information now wikipedia is america's information highway yeah, moderated by the CIA. <laughs> exactly. So it's 100% accurate. 
most of the mm-hmm. time. No. Speaking of, um, so circling back to a um, nothing new to you guys really, but there's a Wikipedia article on the My Immortal fan fiction. I was talking about that earlier. <laughs> no group. way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was talking about that earlier in a group that I was in a voice chat with before hopping over to here. So that's that that reminded me of that. I was like, oh wow, there is a Wikipedia article for this awful fan fiction. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Can you explain to me what my immortal fan fiction is or whatever? You remember that, is? that fanfic you used to read to us? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You use that yeah, as that part one. of one of your other old video podcasts that we did oh, okay, okay. of. I know what you're talking about then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so most of the information you find is like pretty recent within the last couple of months. Like it's been written, which is annoying because a lot of that's got like very skewed views on them compared to like earlier stuff. But there there is actual stuff from prior to this year that was pretty good. So I I've the reason I'm so surprised by his obscurity is he's he was pretty well known in certain circles and he came from a rather prestigious family, making the story that much odder, in my opinion. So we're going to start with a couple of his ancestors just because I think it's slightly relevant. Even if you don't recognize the name Stockton Rush, uh, what you might recognize is that his name is, is based on two of his ancestors, both of which were signers of the Declaration of Independence. One was Richard Stockton and the other was Benjamin Rush. So Richard Stockton was a lawyer and legislator from New Jersey. Uh, His father, John Stockton, had donated the land and helped develop the College of New Jersey, which is now known as Princeton University. Hmm. I think John, Uh, isn't John Stockton more influential than his son? I mean, both of them were very influential, but uh, uh, Richard Stockton, the guy we're talking about, is the one that signed the Declaration of Independence. I don't think his dad did. Uh, I didn't really look into him that much. I don't think I don't think he did. If I if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think he did. So Richard Stockton was a trustee at the College of New Jersey for 26 years until he gave up his law practice to visit England. Well, sorry, England, Scotland, and Ireland, where he presented King George III with an address of the trustees of the College of New Jersey, acknowledging the repeal of the Stamp Act. He went on to consult with the Marquis of Rockingham and the Earl of Chatham about matters in the English colonies as well. So, like, this guy was, you know, shaking hands with some of the most powerful people of the day. Dude, I know, uh, I, dude, I can't bring this information to my brain right now, but I know all about him, and I literally cannot, like, access access this because I just, like, because I've been studying for this. It's there. I just cannot access it because with the Stamp Act and everything, they, they did a, a couple of things with him while they sent him over there. And like, I can't, I can't access the information. If I had multiple choice questions in front of me, I totally could. We'd be really good sure. at Jeopardy with that. Yep. So when Stockton returned to the colonies, he first took a moderate stance in the brewing tension between the colonies and Great Britain, but eventually was elected to the Second Continental Congress and was an active member. In November of 1776, so after he signed the Declaration of Independence, uh, he was captured by Loyalists and turned over to the British. The day he was captured, British General William Howe wrote a proclamation offering protection and a full pardon for those willing to remain loyal to the king. There's some disagreement about whether he eventually signed or not, or like if he like turned traitor and like gave information to the English, but... Um, in any case, he was held prisoner in Provost Prison in New York, where he was treated brutally until eventually being released in January, on January 13th, 1777. His health never really fully recovered, like it, it kind of did like two years later, but he eventually developed lip cancer around the same time, and he died on February 28th, 1781. Lip cancer? Mm-hmm. Is he a chewing tobacco guy? It might have been tobacco. It might have also been like sun exposure. It's mm. hard to say, but when uh, we when we signed the Declaration of Independence and everything, like it helped and everything, but there were still so many different sides. That well, I mean, we still had the French there. We still had loyalists. We still had we, there was so much that just was such a problem, and we didn't have like uh, any of 
oh my gosh, the articles of a uh... shoot, dude. It's the whole re like they started putting all this stuff together to like actually make the rules of like the states and things and uh and that like that a preamble like... on the constitution and all that. Yeah, but then then you then after the constitution you like. It it took a long time to actually like get everything settled in. Yeah, yeah, it, it took a lot longer than just 1776, but oh, 1776 yeah. had the Declaration, which was good enough to be a founding. It was date. just it was the it was the catalyst, the the catalyst that set set other pieces in motion. But we, I mean, a lot of places weren't like free just because that happened. Yeah. So, Richard Stockton was a slave owner during his life, as most signers of the Declaration of Independence were, but he told them and others he planned to free them upon his death. When it came to the reading of his will, he wrote, And whereas I have heretofore mentioned to some of my Negro slaves that upon condition of their good behavior and fidelity, I would in some convenient period grant them their freedom. This I must leave to the discretion of my wife, who's, in whose judgment and prudence I can fully confide. So... What a dick. <laughs> did she uh, Did she free him? I don't think so. Uh, wow. <laughs> what an yeah. ass. I think a couple of... Uh, a couple of... Uh, important guys like did stuff like that. Or they tried... Oh, yeah. They freed him once they died. But they... they st- a lot of them didn't actually like leave either. Just, I mean, it's easier to stay. You know what you're getting... Yeah. It yeah. That's Richard Stockton, that's one side of the family. The other side is Benjamin Rush, who also attended the College of New Jersey, graduating with a Bachelor of Arts when he was fourteen. He would eventually marry Richard Stockton's daughter Julia Stockton. He traveled to S- Scotland where he attended the University of Edinburgh, um, earning his MD. So he became a medical doctor. He returned to the colonies in 1769 and opened a medical practice. He represented Pennsylvania in the Continental Congress when he signed the Declaration of Independence. Uh, He accompanied the Philadelphia militia as a Surgeon General during the Revolutionary War. He went on to continue practicing medicine and teaching as well as founding the Dickinson College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Uh, Rush was also a very outspoken abolitionist, publicly. Uh, In 1773, he wrote a pamphlet titled An Address to the Inhabitants of the British Settlements in America Upon Slavekeeping, in which he argued that the slave trade and uh, against the slave trade and institution. He was also one of the few at the time arguing that black people were not by nature intellectually or morally inferior, but that the bonds of slavery were, quote, so foreign to the human mind that the moral... yeah, the moral faculties, as well as those of understanding, are debased and rendered torpid by it. So he was like, they're not any worse than us, it's just slavery so fucked up that it's, like, ruining them. Yeah, and at that time, a lot of people were thinking that they weren't, like, any worse or anything. It's just that they were, everybody was so wrapped up in um, wanting to control land and wanting to control, like, new land that we discovered, and if we added a state, they were like... We have to, like, you have to give them, like, choice if they want to have, if they want to be a slave state or if they want to be, or if they don't want to. So they, like, the South and the North and stuff use that as, like, use slavery as a, like, a bargaining tool for land. That That would be a little bit later, but. A little bit uh, later? That that did happen. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, the Missouri Compromise, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, that kind of thing. Yeah. Good times, good times. So publicly, he was an abolitionist. He argued for black people being just as intelligent and morally righteous as white people. And that's all well and good. Uh, But that didn't stop him from quietly purchasing a child slave named William Gruber to serve as his cook. He, uh, He kept Gruber in bondage for over a decade before freeing him in 1794. So that's kind of a dick move. That's pretty cringe. Yeah. Uh, The Stockton and Rush families would continue to intertwine in American history and with each other's 
going down the centuries. Uh, back to our main character, Stockton Rush. His uh, maternal grandparents were wealthy oil and shipping barons. His grandmother was a philanthropist and uh, namesake of the Louise M. Davies Sympathy symphony hall in san francisco which uh, as far as i can tell is still named that today like they donated like millions of dollars to it huh. so stockton came from the merger of two very wealthy families uh he was born march 31st 1962 in san francisco he was the youngest of five children and a scuba di scuba diver since the age of 12 and like many a young boy stockton wanted to become an, an astronaut Quote, I wanted to be the first person on Mars. You know, that's Don't like a kid a growing up, it. like while uh, while uh, the Apollo project was like on TV and everything, like totally understandable. Yeah, when space travel was cool, now it's just like, eh, we could do better. So like many a young boy, Stockton wanted to become an ast... Oh yeah, I already said that. Uh, his parents thought that he, like most children, would grow out of that particular childhood dream but because they had connections and no overt desire to crush their child's dreams, they introduced Stockton to Charles Pete Conrad, the commander of the Apollo 12 mission and a friend of the family's. That's convenient. Yeah, I mean, when, when you, you have got money, money, you, you got connections. Uh, connections like that. Yeah. yeah. So Stockton asked Conrad how he could become an astronaut. Uh, Conrad told him his best bet was to consider the military and to obtain his pilot's license. So in 1980, Stockton graduated from Phillips Exeter Academy, where he excelled at math. He attended Princeton University, just like his ancestors, and acquired his pilot's license. He became one of the youngest commercial cargo pilots at the age of either 18 or 19, depending on the source. Okay. His first job was flying chartered planes in and out of Saudi Arabia in the summers between, between Princeton semesters, where he studied aerospace engineering. Was Saudi Arabia even like? Was there a war going on at that in the in? I guess this if he was born in sixty two was that eighties. Yeah, so he got his license at in either eighty or eighty one, um, and was flying cargo in and out of there at that point. It was probably mostly like his parents' luggage and shit like that. What like? So he wasn't in the military though. He just like he just did it like on his own. Well, not on his own, but yeah, like yeah. he applied. For, I mean, I mean, I guess he like applied for the job, or it was like a gig thing. They were like, "Hey, this guy knows how to fly." Like, I I don't know the exact details of that job, but um, he called it a. Uh, it was the coolest college summer job, <laughs> which I mean, is. I mean, yeah, it it probably it probably was pretty cool. Yeah, I, just, I can't remember what was going on in Saudi Arabia and like places around there in the eighties. Like I like it's not coming to mind. I mean, in the eighties, there would have been like the Iran Iraq War would have I think just ended. Um, then there would be the Iran Contra situation, the Iran hostage situation. Um, I don't think Saudi Arabia was involved in anything specifically, but I could be forgetting something. Um, but I, I don't think he was flying into, like, a war zone, war zone or out yeah. of a war zone for most of this. Yeah, I don't think, like, I can't think of anything, like, super bad at that time around them. It's just all the stuff, like, there was, the countries around it where things were going on, which has always been. And then when you get into the 90s, it gets even worse. <clears throat> yeah, there'd be a lot of stuff going on um, around this area but like i think he probably would have been pretty isolated from it or insulated from it i don't i like i don't think he would have been in like i don't think he would have gotten too close to any action is what i'm saying so princeton requires all seniors to complete a thesis for their bachelor program which is rare for most u.s colleges depending on the program it might be a written thesis or an independent project According to Smithsonian Magazine, quote, For his thesis, he designed a high-speed ultralight aircraft. Later, he built his own plane, a, a Glass Air 3, from a kit. Quote, You start on page 1 of the manual, and by the time you get to page 680, you have a plane. People do that now. That's like, like a, a, that's like a... 
That's like a plane right? connoisseur thing. It's like a gun plug. Like you can just buy a plane and like make it yourself. Yeah, I figured that would kind of pique your interest, Mike. You could do that with kit cars too. Right. We should uh we should we should buy a plane and make it. I'm good. No. You guys don't wanna want do you guys don't want me to fly you around? I feel like there's a lot more to it than just buying the plane and putting it together and then it's just like yeah. putting together a Gundam. Well, yeah, I, that part is simple, but uh, there's probably licensing, taxes, you know. Yeah, it turns stuff. out something happened in, like, the early 2000s that made, like, just random people owning planes that are unregistered, kind of. You know. They can't tell me what to do with my plane. I'll just take it up in the air. <laughs> and they will shoot you down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he received his Bachelor of Science in Aerospace Engineering in 1984, but his dreams of becoming a NASA astronaut were dashed when he discovered his eyesight was too poor for the requirements to become a military pilot. Oh, that's fucked. But that was devastating. Yeah. LASIK so instead, didn't exist yet. So instead he moved to Seattle to work for McDonnell Douglas as a test flight engineer on F-15 fighter jets. <laughs> Uh, when he you also got money, worked on, huh? When you got money, you can do what you want. Yeah, so, so like he's the military's like he's not good enough to fly these planes, and he's like, I'm just gonna go do it privately. Yeah. What are you? Uh, he also worked on. <laughs> what Mike? He's like, yeah, what are they gonna fucking do about it? Yeah. I think. Uh, uh, I guess it would have been the '90s when the 80s or the 90s when one of our friends dad was uh flying some fighter jets up in the air yeah something like that uh he also worked on anti-satellite missile programs before going to uc berkeley for business school uh in eight or sorry in 1986 stockton brush married wendy wheel who was in her own right a pilot and teacher and they would eventually have two kids together Wendy's great-great-grandparents were Isidore and Ida Bloon Strauss. Isidore was a congressman and co-owner of Macy's Department Store. Are those the ones that were on the uh, on that boat? Yes. Uh, they were both uh, on the Titanic, uh, and they both died on the Titanic. In the James Cameron movie, they're the old couple that embraces on the bed when the water rushes in. He received a master in business uh, administration in 1989. He went to school a lot. Yeah. Well, if you want to keep doing stuff and keep furthering yourself in like that type of field, you kind of have to. And if you have the money to do it, I guess too, right? Well, yeah. I, this was also the time when like degrees actually meant something. <clears throat> yeah, and I think like it wasn't once you were established like in some way like in academia up in like in these like fancy schools for the most part like you like you weren't like super paying like you would pay but like like they want you to like back then they wanted you to like study there and do stuff like you know so and it was like much cheaper. Their, and yeah. he was rich anyway, so he could do. Yeah, it, like, keep it. Keep in mind, yeah. he came from very wealthy families, so uh, like his parents probably like supported him or supported the school. And like, I'm not going to say they like, you know, flubbed his grades or anything, but I like it's very possible that like they assisted his education by yeah. donating to the school, that kind of thing. But I, I don't have any information on that. Doesn't really matter. Um, it's like how, but in any case, it's like how a bunch of scientists back then would just like jump around to like school to school. Like they would go to Europe and get a degree there, then they would come back, and then they would like start teaching at a place, and then like get more stuff. It's an interesting time. It would, that, that doesn't happen anymore. Like it does, but not like how not how it was like glorified back then. Sure. Uh, after receiving his master's, Stockton, trying to build on his inheritance, invested in tech companies working on things like wireless remote control devices, sonar systems, and various other projects. Drones! He moved to... Maybe. Uh, he moved to Kirkland, Washington to run the company Remote Control Technology. Uh, as I said previously, Rush has been a scuba diver since he was 12. 
Uh, he had scuba dived in the Red Sea, the Cayman Islands, Tahiti, as well as Puget Sound. Still the scuba diving hobbyist, he spent time diving in the waters of Puget Sound, which is colder and more of a pain in the ass than traditional tropical school, uh, scuba diving, as we all think of it. Like, all these diving sites have their allures, like, nutrient-rich waters bring a lot of life, be it plant life, marine life, so, like, at reefs, you'll get, like, reef activity, reef creatures, uh, you know, everything that comes with it. But at the Puget Sound, like, it's not, like, your traditional tropical reef, but you've still got seals, whales, sharks, all sorts of fish, all sorts of plant life. But because the water off Puget Sound is so cold, um, diving is, is much more of a hassle. So it requires extra oxygen tanks, a dry suit, and other extra paraphernalia. And it can be more dangerous. There is uh, no there is no allure for me to go scuba, scuba diving. Scuba diving. I have zero interest to do it. Zero. Any, anywhere at all? Anywhere at all. I don't even like care about snorkeling. Like, I'm, I... You guys can keep it. I'm good. I think I'd be more comfortable scuba diving than snorkeling. Just that's no that's not for me. Not for me at all. <laughs> Speaking of like how the cold it, it just reminded me of Metal Gear. Oh. Uh with the cold suit cuz like they're like in Antarctica or something like that or Alaska. I one of those I it's been a while since I've watched someone play through it but like snake comes in and through like a wet and dry suit while going through cold ass waters i read like i was reading something or like i was watching like a tiktok and reading it at the same time but like there were scuba divers who got sucked into like some pipe in the middle of the ocean like it's not worth it dude like and then they'll then one survives the all the other are dead and they were like veteran scuba divers and stuff there's crazy stuff in the ocean that even man-made like there's no reason to go out there well just leave it alone there's certainly some risks involved, especially with, like, scuba diving. Like caving? Um, Dude, the people who go caving in those little tight spaces, why is that fun for you? How is that I don't that even fun? want to go caving on dry land. Dude. Like, I would never want to scuba dive in caves. Like, that shit's no. horrifying. No. So, uh, his quote on that was, quote... I loved what I saw, but I thought, there's got to be a better way. And being in a sub, and being nice and cozy, and having a hot chocolate with you, beats the heck out of freezing and going through a two-hour decompression hanging in deep water. I would yeah. say so. That sounds much better. Still wouldn't get in a sub, but it sounds better. <laughs> the hot especially if you got some hot cocoa. The fart smells. You would hope. Uh, yeah. And I think I that's hope. all you can do. Hey, you would be bring some of those Glade plugins down there with you, you know? <laughs> So he took his first submarine trip in British Columbia, uh, but his his dream was of space flight, and it hadn't yet died, and by the early 2000s it was starting to look somewhat promising with private companies. Richard Branson, founder of the Virgin Group, like Virgin Records, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Mobile, Virgin Cola, etc., uh, he was, you know, making some waves at this point. In 2004, Branson uh, was debuting the launch of Spaceship One, the first commercial craft sent into space. Stockton traveled all the way to the Mojave Desert to watch its maiden launch, and as Branson stood on its wing declaring a new era of space tourism had arrived, Stockton claims he suddenly lost interest. <laughs> Quote, I had this epiphany that this is not at all what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go up into space as a tourist. I wanted to be Captain Kirk on the Enterprise. I wanted to explore. What a nerd. Did that, that I mean that's me honestly if we like went to space I don't want to just like go up there like I would you know I want to go like you know in like a real ship and stuff and actually be able to like move around get up into hyperspace and stuff you know Millennium Falcon myself I think it's Jay from Jay and Silent Pob who's like yeah man I want to be the first person to meet an alien and fuck it it's probably yeah it's probably a Jay line it Definitely. certainly sounds like it. So I, I think there's some, like, I, I think that's a partial truth that he was saying there. But I think as we go on, it becomes more clear that he didn't want to be Captain Kirk. What he wanted to be was Richard Branson. He didn't want to be a tourist. I think he wanted to be the person selling the tickets. 
Oh. So Stockton Richard Branson like just like and all that like space shuttle launch race things that happened last year or whatever didn't he send a spaceship up there with like him Elon all of them like did that stuff probably uh, I don't know if he sent one last year or not but uh, he's certainly in the race still so Stockton started seeing space was getting crowded. Branson was leading the charge, but Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin was founded in 2000, and Elon Musk's SpaceX was founded in 2002. So, like, these three billionaires were already, like, leaps and bounds ahead of him. Like, he didn't even have a company, and they were already, you know, trying to get stuff off the ground. So Stockton found he was a little bit too late. But what doesn't go up could maybe go down. If space was getting crowded... The ocean depths were starting to look pretty inviting. So he commissioned a marketing study that concluded that there was a sufficient demand for underwater ocean tourism. Okay. He decided his best bet was to rent a submarine or submersible. This proved more difficult than he expected, as there were fewer than 100 privately owned subs, and even fewer than that was available to charter. He decided to buy one for himself, but found most people weren't willing to sell, at least at the price he was asking for. He eventually built one from plans and parts sold to him, a Kittredge K350 designed by a retired naval captain. But as the name implies, the K350 was only rated for 350 feet, which is a decent amount for like reef observation, but hardly a boundary pusher even at its peak. It was also like a one-person-only sub, like you basically like were laying down in it with, like, your nose to the porthole, and, like, that's it. Certainly not gonna, like, get you any tourism dollars unless you're renting them out, in which case, like, you know, one person fucks it up and your entire business is ruined. Right. So Stockton continued trying to acquire something a bit more durable. He tried to buy Steve Fawcett's submersible in 2007, but couldn't strike a deal. Have you guys ever heard of Steve Fawcett? I don't think so. Did he so. invent the faucet? <laughs> he did not. Uh, he he was another like billionaire adventure tourist, uh, and and like he, he was a guy who wanted to either create or break records. So like he tried multiple times to become the first person to circumvent the globe in a uh, in a balloon. And I think he eventually succeeded after failing like five times and almost dying. So he, uh, he, he, cr- he, he swam across the English Channel. Uh, I think he circumvented the globe in a plane as well. Just like all these kind of, you know, like fairly obnoxious rich dude stunts. Right. Yeah, like around the world in 80 days. What a movie. Sure. So Steve Fawcett had commissioned a secret submersible to make one dive to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Specifically to Challenger Deep, the deepest recognized point in the ocean. I think it's like seven and a half miles down. The sub was built in secret and remained so more or less until Fawcett's sudden disappearance and eventual death. So like in 2007, he took off in a one-seater plane from, like, somewhere in Nevada, and then just disappeared. And, like, none of the, like, emergency transponders went off or anything, so, like, everyone was out looking for this guy, couldn't find him, couldn't find him. A year later, some hiker in the, like, in the mountains just, like, finds some piece of wreckage and sends it off, and they're like, oh, that's him. So they go looking, and, like, he just crashed into the side of a mountain. I wonder what caused him to do that. Uh, I think they determined that it was most likely due to, like, um, wind current changes that, like, suddenly became too steep for him to climb out of. Like, Mm. he was... But, I mean, it could have also been, like, a medical emergency, because he was fairly old at the time. Like, I think he was in his 60s or 70s. Like, it's not unreasonable to think he could have had, like, a heart attack or something, like, while flying. Or it could have just been, like, him, you know, fucking around and finding out. All very viable guesses. Yeah. So after his death, the sub's existence was eventually revealed. And this sub was nuts. It was basically an underwater plane. So, like, the view dome was made out of quartz, while the rest of the pressure hull used carbon epoxy composites. 
the Where's interface the between. Oh, okay. Uh, oh shit! What's it called? Should uh, have been ready for this, King. I know. Oh no, the Wikipedia doesn't have a picture. So I think it's this one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that looks does like not an look airplane. Safe. Does look like an airplane. Yeah, uh, so looks like a shark. To be honest, I mean that makes sense if you're, you know, diving with it. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's a another view of it with uh, Richard Branson on it. Why is Richard Branson on everything? He's a billionaire who does a lot of stuff. That guy was in everything, like in the early two thousands. He kind of died off in the 2010s. I mean, he was still doing his rich guy stuff, but 2000s, that was his billionaire, like, decade. Yeah, so the view dome was made out of quartz. The uh, rest of it was made out of carbon epoxy composite. Um, the interface between the dome and the hole was bonded by titanium rings. The sub had a 24-hour endurance, which I think is, like how like, how long the oxygen will last in there. Uh, it had three knots... Uh, bottom speed which is like 5.6 kilometers per hour and 110 meters per minute uh or 350 feet per minute dive rate it it was uh positively buoyant even without ballasts attached uh because of a uh, syntactic foam the sub also did not have temperature control systems for the cabin so interior temperature eventually falls to water temperature which doesn't seem great but it's probably a yeah. I feel like you'd like probably start freezing thing. pretty quickly going down. Yeah, uh, the sub weighed uh, three thousand six hundred kilograms, or about eight thousand pounds. It uh, it had a fifteen nautical mile range, six knot max speed, and three axis freedom of motion. It used LED lights instead of arc lights, and it had laser feeler beams instead of a. Uh, or that would help to aid in navigation. And the sub could dive to the bottom of the ocean and get back to the surface in five hours. Which, I mean, you wouldn't want to be down there much longer than that without some, like, heavy-duty winter clothing. Right. So you're, telling me, you're telling me submarines don't have heaters? I'm, I'm telling you this one in particular did not. Um... So Stockton tried to buy it. I'm not sure how close he was to owning it, but eventually it was sold to Richard Branson, who was a friend of Fawcett's. He got Branson again. We'll get back to that sub next episode. So with all this frustration in mind and Stockton still determined to push his deep sea dreams, he, along with another entrepreneur named Guillermo Solline, sorry, Solline, Sonline, it's got an umlaut, whatever, co-founded OceanGate. With the intent of creating a small fleet of five-person commercial submersibles that could be leased by organizations or individuals for various underwater purposes. And that's where we'll pick back up next week. Interesting. So, is it, do you have any idea what we're talking about right now? I mean, is it the submarine like that just blew up? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Ocean. I like that. You said it. You said the name. Like when you said the name, I got it. But I didn't know all of these people were connected. It did. I didn't know it came from this weird guy. Yeah, that's part of the reason I wanted to do these episodes is because like this has a lot of connections to a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, the like, we'll get more into the Titanic a little bit next week. We're not doing like a full deep dive into the Titanic. We'll save that for whenever we co cover that gargantuan movie, but um, but we will have a couple of details here and there. Um, and so, uh, and a bit of conspiracy stuff, too. So well, some conspiracy stuff. Uh, I guess are we going to get, like, I guess we're going to get into if that was the guy that, like, died with them, or if this is just, like, his project that after he died, it still went on? Yes. To both. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Billionaires are weird. Dude, why are, there shouldn't be this many billionaires, to be honest. One of, the, one of the really weird things is, I tried to look up his net worth, and it claims that he's only worth between 15 and $25 million. I 
can't believe that's accurate. A lot of the... I don't believe any of the net worth things on there. Right. Like I just I, like they're all stupid. Like it, it's so hard to measure. Like once you, as far as I can tell, once you get up to like twenty, like ten to twenty million dollars, it's so hard to like actually tell how much like liquid versus like investment like money you actually have. Like how much you're worth because it could be like. They could be they could be in so many things. It's just so like it's so weird. Yeah, stocks like yeah. companies, like shell corporations. Assets, well, I mean, all that. Yeah, I mean, so. like a lot of them liquid, like liquid money that they could like spend right at that day. I mean, it's a lot of them. It's only a couple of million dollars, but like all assets, it's like hundreds of millions or billions it's just so it's so weird how like they have how it takes a lot longer to get access to it it's i don't know yeah like musk had to get a pretty massive loan in order to buy twitter and that's yeah. really paying off for him yeah and a lot of them do so a lot of them as far as i know in like billionaire like stuff a lot of them are like they run in the negative like all the time like they're negative they have negative like money because of like how being a billionaire works, it works off loans and other things. It's it's the weird like when you have money, you basically have like it looks like you have no money, but you have money. I, I, billionaire, once you get up to so much money, it's it's like completely different. Like it's so yeah. hard to understand. Well, there's also a lot of like essentially Hollywood accounting, so that it like looks like you're running in the red, so that like. You end up not having to pay taxes, yeah. even though you're worth, you know, billions. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that shit going on. Yeah, I, I kept this uh, episode kind of short because, like, most of the rest of the stuff comes in part two. Plus, I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of a breather. I know you uh, had a lot going on. And also, like, there's, like, the setup, and then there's once Ocean Gate happens. And, like, so much of the stuff that happens, like, in the Ocean Gate part like needs to be told all at once so like this is just like the background and the lead up and next week things get really fucking weird most things with like money and i think all the like sub stuff is weird in general people like these people oh, for are sure. so these people are so weird Anybody who wants to go down into subs and stuff, weird. Unless you're like a marine or like a real marine biologist that like wants to study it and like figure things out but like these exploration guys they're they're all they are are treasure hunters without like treasure was that well, the reason um, why you made us watch that five minute clip um well I, I i made you watch it so you would see what the mirror subs are like because mm. like when came when james cameron actually made titanic he used the actual russian mirror subs I thought we were going to talk about him this week, but that's really more next week. Um, gotcha. But like he he used the actual stuff that people were using, the stuff that's supposed or like not supposed to be down there, but the stuff that's properly created that's to like be graded down there. for that sort of situation, right? Um, and we'll we'll get into that next week. Cool. There was some other stuff I probably should have like had you guys watched, which I might make you watch for next week, but you know just like clips or whatever um so basically this is this is the guy who this is the start of the guy's life who just did this whole mess and he has like connections to our founding fathers yep two of them that's fucking wild yeah i i wonder no i mean I was trying to think, like, the American billionaires that we have, like, true American billionaires, how, like, connected they are to our, like, I wonder how many of them are connected to our, like, actual founding fathers, and that's why, like, that generational wealth has money. I'm, I'm sure there's of, plenty that do. Didn't a lot of our founding fathers go, like, into hiding and stuff? Um, no, but a lot of them were, like, a, a, quite a few of them did end up, like, pretty poor. There were also other ones that ended up disgustingly rich. Um, gotcha. Because I feel like I've read somewhere like this. They either, like, 
kind of went into hiding or they wound up just like being poor or whatever. I mean, it really depends because like the founding fathers were of all different ages. Yeah. So like um, Benjamin Franklin was and and like George Washington were much older than say like Benjamin Rush or um, or and, like Andrew Burr. And it all de- it was dependent on like what their background was like only some of them like washington wouldn't have been brought in if he wasn't so like dependent of a military person like if he wasn't so good at that mm. like what do you he mean never told a lie. He, had, he had a lot of fuck-ups and he told a lot of lies um yeah but i mean but like I, no I, he, he, he was brought in because he had a shit ton of money he was like yeah. the richest person in america at the time but like this isn't our Washington episode. Our God, I I don't envy me when I have to write those episodes. Uh, but you're excited those are gonna for be that. Long, I want to hear. I want to hear about shit. it. Well, we'll get to that at some point. Um, but uh, but yeah, next week we will be. So like this is Stockton Rush the man, and next week we'll be Ocean Gate the company. Um, Stockton Rush the mystery. Stockton Rush the monster. <laughs> Yeah, any final thoughts before we uh, close this one out? I know this one's a bit shorter, but uh, next next week's going to be longer. So to go back onto the Virgin Mobile guy, who was that? That's uh, Richard Brandt. So he also that's also Virgin Airlines? It, basically anything that has Virgin, Virgin in it. That's, yeah. so, that's so many different things. Yeah. He's got a lot of different baskets. Dude, that, yeah. yeah, he he like I was saying, he monopolized like the early the two thousands, like he he was the man in the two thousands, like he, he was quite prolific. Yeah, like he did everything. He had everything. Like he, he's he's wild. People still talk about him now. Like, I mean, he's not I mean, like he's, he's still relevant. Yeah, he's like, still like, he's he, still in the space race. He just he's like. He's not as like um I, I guess because there's so many other like prolific people who are doing things, he's not as like face worthy just because he's been doing it so long and like I don't know. He He's not he, being annoying like Elon Musk is or whatever. Nah, yeah. He's kinda at this at this point in time, like he'll probably be annoying maybe a little bit in a couple of years, but he's just like continuously doing his same thing. Yeah, I I mean he he's still he's still got his hands and everything, but yeah, he's certainly not as like you said, annoying and just prominent. He should buy Twitter X or whatever and call it Virgin Twitter or Virgin X. <laughs> Why do you think he's so obsessed with Virgin and and uh so so when when they started uh they started as a record company um like selling like um like they sold records by mail and they were like well we're we're both so new to the industry it's like we're virgins so we'll just call it that and like at that point it just became branding because like that got so big and then like they got into other stuff and it was just like i mean like we got to keep this all under one name because it's brand yeah. recognition like if you trust virgin records you'll trust virgin mobile if you trust virgin mobile you'll trust virgin cola and then coca-cola crushed the shit out of that uh but you'll trust virgin airlines you know like this that the other like it's you got to keep it in brand yep coca-cola would probably crush everybody if they got into the space race too <laughs> they just do cokes Coke the is... the only way Coca-Cola will get into the space race is if they find aliens that enjoy Coca-Cola or are made of cocaine. <laughs> or if I guess if we started like colonizing other places and they're like, "Oh, we have to spread these colonies so we can sell so we can distribute Coke to those colonies too." Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Coke would dominate. They're just they're like a they're like a secret society. Coke is insane. They're literally like Hydra. Like, they could infiltrate our government and do whatever. Oh, um, one thing, uh, since you're talking about secret societies, are you, do you guys know, uh, of the Bohemian Grove or the Bohemian Society? I don't think so. No, I've never heard of that. I think I've heard the name, but I don't really know much about it. 
Well, it's a... Like, basically, there's this place in um, California, like, in the Redwoods called the Bohemian Grove. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, like, it's, it's a place where a lot of people have conspiracies about because it's, like, it's where, like, all of the big players go once a year like uh the bushes the cheneys the brumsfelds like the nixons like they all end up at bohemian grove once a year is it better than nantucket well this is like i'm a very just being a smart ass yeah uh, i mean of course it is but martha's vineyard is it this... like a vacation spot not really like this is like this is like a yearly meeting uh, for like a lot of very influential people, and at one point they have this like uh, I think it's called like the uh, sacrifice of care or like some shit like that where they like burn an effigy and stuff. So it's got like some weird like somewhat occult adjacent uh, stuff that they do, but it's mostly just like a bunch of like weird old politicians like pissing in the woods and stuff and like getting hammered um but anyways uh stockton's grandfather was the leader of the bohemian society what like in at one point interesting i think because there's this show i don't know if you guys like mike myers or not but there was a short netflix series called uh, the pentaveret which was like the conspiracy group over all of them like over like the illuminati it was like a comedy show where michael like he played like every other character or whatever but they they had like a conference at some like weird ass place where like all of the leaders of the world and whatever would can congregate like once a year or whatever that's what it reminded me of yeah so it was probably kind of based off the bohemians right. grove um, but anyways, uh, weird thing, but I'm gonna have, like, I, I'm giving you guys a little bit of, he- of a heads up because next week we are gonna delve into some of the, well, I'm gonna mention some of the conspiracies that are coming out of this because they're real dumb and they haven't gotten too big so far, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in a year they're, like, well, they they probably won't get as big as like something like QAnon or Pizzagate, but they they probably will I- exist it pretty concretely. They get as big it as probably... trails. <laughs> Maybe it probably would if there were like another death and then it all connected back again or some like crazy another event. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But anyways, that's what I got for this week. Cool. I don't. I don't have anything else. I'm. I'm hungry though. I can tell everybody this. I'm hungry. I'm yeah, about I'm, to go chow down. I am been chowing down like the last ten minutes while we've been. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like you had Taco Bell. I saw some Baja Blast. Oh yeah. yeah, Baja Blast. I might do a Taco Tuesday tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Catch us for more on I guess X at what underscore. We underscore consume, and then on Instagram at while we consume podcast. That was weird to say. Yeah, that don't felt, forget that to post at us. And... Awkward, yeah. <laughs> it felt so awkward. I don't know. And requote or whatever it's called. Just quote. It's just quote. Just quote. I think. And just quote I'm us. At, and I am at King Hagathor on Twitter. And very soon I'll be on Blue Sky. Did you get oh, your you acceptance approved? letter? I did. Proud of you. Ooh. Yeah. Let me know when I'm you... going to Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you get an invite code and you, you can bring me along. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Bye bye.